This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Welcome to Happy Homes and Gardens. I'm your host. My name is Daphne Royce. I am a real estate broker, architecture, and interior designer. Calling Queen Trent and certified in France for fashion couture designs, has achieved the highest honors in her program. She works in French techniques using the most accurate calculations to master her creations. Her fashion and artwork have appeared on magazines, covers, and in films, newspapers, and museums. Please welcome Colleen. Hello, Daphne. It's nice being here. It's such a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for being on my radio show. Please tell us who you are and how do you become fashion designers? Well, okay. My name is Colleen Quinn. I am fourth generation、uh, from San Francisco, and I grew up in Alameda, though in the East Bay. But、uh, my soul has always been in design and in art ever since I was five years old. So I guess you can say I was meant to do this. You know, I've been wanting to always design and create, and colors always inspire me. So I just kept on listening to my voice, and I started studying American design at Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in San Francisco. And from there, I, I worked、um, in the industry in San Francisco just to get to know the designers and to know our local designers here. It's really important to understand the process of design、um, to appreciate all the steps. Because my goal was to be a designer, hopefully by in my thirties.、Um, so I was, yeah, I was working in the industry, you know, just、um, for ten years. In San Francisco, you know, working for many designers. I wanted to tell you、um, before that, right before I did get my degree in design, I actually had computer science degree too. And you would never think that. Well, well, how does that relate to it? But you know, for some reason, I think God and the universe knew. But my analytical and mathematical.、Um, I guess my mathematical studies definitely did apply because once I started learning French couture. Everything had to do with calculation. Everything had to do with proportion, composition.、Um, it's almost like you know composing a song and music, but it's all in the balance of、um, you know the physics and the movement and the shape.、Uh, it's just everything, and it's on the human body. So that's what I.、Um, I guess you can say that's how I started, though, too. What is the differences between French couture and American fashion? Yes, so American design is more mass production, and、uh, when I studied it, it was it wasn't really about studying the human body and the shape and the landscape、um, and also feeling the design. It was more about okay, we're going to create this piece and it's going to be mass produced. Um, so we need to make sure that it's universally、um, easy to sew,、uh, easy pattern making, and easy fit. And it doesn't mean that it needs to be made to measure. Now, when you get into French couture, it's like getting your PhD, or it's like you're discovering the artist in you. It's discovering how to feel, 
how to feel your expression and then express it through your designs, which means actually uh, for three years I was studying um, the anatomy of fashion, of design. Like I learned 50 different sleeves, you know, 30 different evening necklines, uh, 20 different um, shapes of collars. Like I studied the whole anatomy of, of a garment, of a design, and through pattern making and drape. So with all that, um, I guess you can say discipline, and it was consistent, like every day I'd be creating, right? I was like a mad scientist, you know, uh, creating and making and, and seeing. And um, with all that, then you start creating your own ingredients and you're able to create your own designs. So after this uh, intense program, now I can design whatever I want. Like if I see a heart or compassion and I want to express it in my designs, I'll be able to create a shape on the garment that way. I'm like a sculptor through calculation. And so there is a high respect to that because the French have it to the point. Um, because it's almost like a hundred years old that there's no way that, it's almost like old art. And it's not, it's not something that you want to, um, you want to just keep it very sacred, I guess you can say, the knowledge and the wisdom, because it definitely proves to be the best. And when I create, I am my best. So go back to the calculation. I'm just curious for people in hundred years ago and versus today, we have a much better nutrition. And I think if people's frame, right? Maybe change, maybe taller, maybe wider. Um, have you seen that change over the years? Um, so I would say that the knowledge that I've learned a hundred years ago is pretty much the same as in the foundation. It's like building a, an architectural building. Of course, there's going to be um, innovation and evolution, and there's going to be efficiency. Um, more mediums are more um, efficient, might be more computers are putting in, et cetera, like that. But the foundation works. It's almost like Chinese acupuncture or Chinese herbs. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep on, you know, innovating a little bit, but we still keep the foundation. We don't mess with that because that's the root. So we keep the root, like our, our Asian culture, well, oh, I'm keeping the French culture, and it stays, but yet it's evolving as years go on, but we still maintain that foundation of what I study. And we'll mix it together maybe with more computers, you know, we'll, uh, maybe the fabrics are more innovative, um, it's more sustainable, um, you know, you can tweak it a little and things like that, but I would never, because it's like a magic potion and it's like sacred geometry. Why do you want to twist it and change it when actually it's perfect? What did you learn about fashion design in France? And what skill makes you so, different from other fashion designers? So my teacher, um, her name is Simone Setna, and she got her degree at Esmode. So that is actually the knowledge that I learned French pattern making and design. So as mode, um, if you look at the past, a hundred years ago, they were the first haute couture school. And um, now there's other schools, of course, but they were the first. And my teacher studied evening wear haute couture there. And that's when I studied with her. So that's where I got my degree and I studied with her for three years. So I'm getting, um, she graduated in the 1960s. So what she shared with me is very old technique. It's not like I studied there the year 2000. She taught me from the 1960s. So 
everything that I learned is almost looking like Balenciaga, Givenchy, the old school. It looks very, um, the classic necklines, the elegance, you know, nothing was tweaked or changed. Um, versus, you know, I think now if you were to study it um, in the year 2023, the curriculum is much different. So I learned from the purest, oldest time. It was like the glam time too. So I'm very fortunate because the knowledge that I learned is from the 1960s. It's not from the 2000s. So I feel that I'm carrying on a different, like a time capsule of that era and bringing it into now. So I think for me, I'm very grateful for that because it's like learning something from, you know, like 40 years older uh, before, before my time. So I, I think it's going to be, you know, I feel like my work is so timeless. Like even though I create something, it may not be popular till another 10 years, even though the technique is so old. And it's very interesting because there's no time capsule. There's only, it's almost like if I design something, it still stays timeless uh, because I still carry on the classic cut. But then I bring in my innovation at the same time through my Chinese culture. I kind of like add that little twist and I make it more avant-garde. But I still um, honor the sacred foundation and the cuts of the classic French couture. So you mentioned <laughs> earlier about pattern design. How do you do that? So there are 36 measurements on the body and I would measure you and there's, you know, I would take your measurements and then I would go straight into like paper drafting and I would start like drafting your human body shape as is. Okay. That's called moulage. So that takes about an hour or two hours and I'm drafting every little part, you know, like the best area and the cross front, the back front. Like I know the whole landscape of the human body from front to back, from head to toe. And I worked on 1000 people. So I perfected it so much that it fits in one fit. I remember when Tyra Banks came to me and she said, well, Colleen, I need, um, I need it, you know, evening gown for the Emmy Awards in New York. And I go, well, sure. Okay, Tyra, let me draw you up three concepts. That's what I do. I usually draw three concepts for them, drawings. And then she chose one. And then I said, oh, Tyra, you know, I don't think I'll be able to fly over to LA. So, you know, and the time is at essence and I need to make your gown. So why don't you just give me the, your measurements, but I'm going to tell you what measurements. So she had a tailor make, you know, take the measurements. I drafted her gown. It was an even gown. It fit in one fit. There was only one little tweak. She walked on the stage with it. Yeah. And so for me, I was, I'm a master at pattern drafting through calculations. So I can see things one dimensional and then putting the darts and making it more three dimensional and also the movement. And then I think about the movement and the ease and you start grading it. And so there's all these, um, it's just such a beautiful experience to be able to almost make like this um, physical form but yet it fits so perfectly on your body and and you're paying homage to that person at the same time and then celebrating their spirit. Do you see? So there's many dimensions as a couture. We're not only just creating calculations, but we're feeling the spirit of, of our client and then choosing the colors and the fabric and then their personality. And how can I bring them out to be beautiful while they're walking down the red carpet or even just plain, 
you know, they're musicians, they're playing, and I want to see them perform, but bringing out their essence. I'm not here, I'm here to design for me, but not really, it's to design for my client. I'm here like a doctor, taking care of them and taking them to the next level through my expertise, through fabrics, and to make them feel strong and empowering as women, or as men too. I design for every everyone. You have dressed for Paris Hilton and Tyra Banks. Yes. Please mm -hmm. share the experience. And did you come up with the design, the color, fabric? Would they have to tell you what they like in order for you to start? Well, because I'm so used to working with one-on-one -on -one clients and the social scene, the socialites, the patrons, the philanthropists, um, they all come to me. Of course, I'm going to listen to their spirit and what they want. And like, oh, Colleen, I've always dreamt of having a, a pink fuchsia dress. And then I'll go, oh, wow, okay. So let me see if this, well, it's like, you can tell a doctor what you feel, but you need to let the doctor take care of you. So I will listen to them and carefully really, um, you know, decide, yes, okay, that's good for you. Um, no, I really think that this shape looks better on you because of your body frame and the way that you move and where, where are you going and what event is this and how much exposure is here and there and are you getting out of a car? Are you walking up the stairs? Like, you know, all these things are like almost the, um, like you have to consider all this as you're creating the gown because you want them to almost feel like it's second skin. You don't want them to feel uncomfortable like, Colleen, I wasn't able to get into the car because it was too tight. Like, that would be like terrible. Like, a, that wouldn't be my job. Like, I'm here to be an engineer and a creator. So, yes, they can recommend the color they want. And I would love to, you know, bring that out of them. But if I feel that there is a better color for them because I'm an expertise in color and their, you know, their spirit and everything about them, right? Um, I will definitely suggest that because I'm the designer that wants to help them be as beautiful as possible. Right. So, so, um, so yes. And then I'd suggest a silhouette because I look at the body frame and I see their walk and their style and, and I start getting to know them. And then I kind of already know what I see because for some reason I see through them. It's kind of like I see their aura and then I see their, their shape and the movement that I would see in an evening gown for them or whatever event it may be. But I start getting into it. It's a very spiritual way of designing actually. Um, but through this designing for so many people, this has become a natural thing for me. I always see this as a full array of a different design. There's no such trend, especially no. once they come oh. to the big event with the gowns. Basically, they yeah. just give you an idea, and the idea will flow, and then the gown will be made. Yes, exactly. I know. Um, because even when I design, like, for, um, let's say, for the ballet, and I'm supposed to be, you know, creating it for with the composer, the musician, and the choreographer, dance, and the dancers dancing, I need to create the costumes for the dancers. I need to see everything so that I can put it all together and it just melts. It's not going to be like shocking. I want it to melt with the dancer. I want it. I want my work to empower them, not to over design them. I mean, that is a fine art to do that and not putting your ego in there. 
Do you know, like, I need to put my stamp in there. No, I need to make sure that they feel good in it. They dance their best in it and they feel proud. And it kind of gives them an extra energy. Um, but yet they still have their authentic, beautiful self. And that's what I try to do for all my clients, even celebrities. But I understand most of your work have been with the celebrities in opera, symphony, ballet, bridal gowns. Mm -hmm. What do you find yes. is the most interesting design in your work? That's a great question. I love them all, but I do love evening wear because that's what I focused on. And there's an art to making evening wear and also for it to fit perfectly. And for, I don't know, for, for my client to write me the next day or to just go, Colleen, thank you so much. I just felt so beautiful that day. That just is such a gift for me because that's what I want to do is make them feel beautiful. So I love the whole um, elegance of getting dressed up. I'm very kind of old school. I think that it's always paying homage when you're dressed very elegantly, going to a special show, a ballet or a symphony or opera and paying homage to the artist. And just um, this romance, this kind of romantic way of dressing. And everyone is just, and they're best. I love that. How did you master the Chinese traditional classic dress, Tipao? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, you know, uh, so it was wonderful because I was able to do the Tipao um, documentary, and that was in Shanghai. So I was able to meet all the masters, uh, the tailors, their tailors, and I got to meet them and see what they're pattern making. It was really cool because I honor our Chinese culture. And so they actually didn't even have much of a calculation. They just did it with chalk and they, and they have certain measurements. And I thought they were quite magical themselves. Um, and I, and I actually had a few cheap house made too. And so they have their own secret ways of fit, but I wanted to mix in French couture because it fits and I created ease as well. And also I wanted to mix this European and our Chinese culture at the same time. So yes, I honored the Chi Pao in the way that it looks and fits and um, because it's body hugging and that's what French couture is too. Uh, but I wanted to also bring in this melting pot of cultures and where it becomes as one, where maybe the French might want me to make something in Chi Pao and then, you know, also maybe in China, they want me to make a chow out of French cut so that we mix and share and honor each other because they're both masters. So I think I came into the documentary to tell them that China has their own couture technique, too, that I will honor. And also the French, because I studied with them. But how, how about if I melt them together and I celebrate um, their pancos, which is the little, you know, handmade uh, buttons and the art of it. Like I bought this beautiful panko where it had flowers on it. It was like about $250 just for this panko, one of them. And it was all handmade. But that's couture. No one would ever do that. No one, no one in, in Paris would understand how to do that. That just comes from our culture. And I wanted to honor that, right? So I would put in maybe that type of craftsmanship um, and then honor the fit of the French couture. Because I think the French couture does have its own amazing calculations. And they, I mean, I really think of every shape of your body from the shape here to the back of your neck like there's contours everywhere and everyone is different. 
every shape is different. So I'm celebrating both. And knowing that I have that knowledge, I feel I could be a melting pot for both cultures. Very interesting. What was the most challenging design piece you have ever made? Hmm. I would say um, I got a huge grant with、um, a partner, two partners actually.、Um, one that was industrial designer,、um, and the other one is、uh, a fabric designer. And we had a huge grant, a national grant,、uh, to create something with digital. You know, mixing digital technology, fashion, and、um, how can we do this? How can we make this happen? So we got the grant, and this was for the San Jose Museum Textiles.、Uh, so we created this for a permanent collection for them to exhibit, and it had to do with technology. So this was maybe 13 years ago. Well, anyway, so I had to. I kind of created the vision, and I created one where it was like this Earth dress that's celebrating San Jose. And yet, it was also digital print that was coming out. But anyways, this piece was crazy because I created each sleeve, and it was mimicking the architecture of San Jose. Like the sleeve was really crazy. You know, I don't know if you saw it though. I'd love to share that with you. But there were one thousand pieces, and it was like a swirl cut. So when my seamstress had to help sew this, she was like going, "Oh my, Colleen! Colleen, this is the ultimate crazy thing that you've done." And that was probably one of my last museum pieces that I that I've really done, which was 12 years ago. And then there was another second piece I created, and it was digital、um, print, but it was voices of people, and then it created the print, you know, of the fabric, like the voices of people. So we're doing digital with that. But then I made this kind of.、Um, I was talking about how San Jose and technology is so futuristic. So I made this like lantern dress where she's flying in the air, and each lantern took like eight hours to make and sew. It was and all in silk, and it's translucent, so it would light up. And why I love this too, it was crazy, but it was so cool, is because I had the freedom to not really worry about. A person getting inside it, but I just had the freedom of being creative as an artist. You know, sometimes we just have to go crazy as an artist. We don't need to have any judgment or like, oh, this doesn't fit. I mean, you know, like I want this to be this way or something like that. I just want to have the freedom to to speak and to to just create because as artists, as designers, we need that other side. We need that yin and yang. We need to have that freedom to play. And then also to、um, do our job, our service, correct? So I felt that、um, this kind of,、um, I guess, access that I had to my soul and to create was just amazing. And then, and now it's permanent collection, and I'm super happy we did a, a photo shoot with it. And I will never forget it because I will never do it again, too. <laughs> I'm never going to do it again. Like, please not place any orders on this. <laughs> That sounds like your dream come to reality, right? It's kind of like, oh, here, do what you want to do. We'll just celebrate. And you're going, really? Oh my goodness, is this what happens after you've done this for thirty years or something? You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, but it takes time to do that, right, Daphne? You know, like it's not like I. It wasn't overnight. I, you know, I worked really hard to get where I'm at, and I still am. I'm totally like nonstop.、Um, Learning and creating, always creating, always creating. I love life. So, how long it takes you to make that piece? Well, I only had two months to make it, so oh wow, it was 
yeah, it was a lot every, so I don't know, 300, 400 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, because then you have to also work with the fabric designer and then, you know, when will the fabric come? And then that takes time to make, and then I, then I have to make the piece. But, um, but I just love that kind of pressure. I'm going to do this in a month. You know, I remember when I was invited to create something for the Shanghai Museum, the Mocha Museum, I only had a month to create Butterfly Dream. And I said, yeah, sure, I can do it. And then I went back and go, oh my goodness, okay, I'm going to do this. And you just make it happen. It's all an intention. You just make it happen. You just don't sleep and eat, but it's okay. <laughs> Tell me what exactly seamstress does. So the seamstress is she's been trained by me. So I don't have her anymore. She's retired. But I trained her uh, when I was. I met her like 28 years old, and then I started creating my collection. And I trained her to sew French couture. So um, I had one seamstress, and then I had two. So that's it. And I would create like 90 gowns each year through me. It was just the three of us. Um, and then later on, it was only when she did the gown, the the you know the the crazy 1,000 pieces one. It was all by herself, you know. So um, she's like my right hand, and so I love her though because now she's retired and. I can't seem to find the right seamstress now. She was like she understood my patterns. Now, when I go to a seamstress, they look at my patterns and go, "Colleen, this is too complex." And I'm going, "What? What do you mean? No, it's not complex." And they go, "No, we can't do this." So I can't seem to find anyone that understands me because I had a certain language and she understood it. We were like best friends. I love her so much. Her name is、uh, Tess, and、um, so whatever we created together. Is my treasure because I have prototypes of me and her making our pieces together, and、um, I honor her and love her and I miss her. Yeah. So,、um, but you know, I stopped.、Uh, I guess I stopped my business ten years ago.、Uh, but then I started looking for other seamstresses, and it's very hard to find another one like her. So do you know it's not like you can match. You you can't really. It's really hard to find good people. You know, even designers, right? It's fine. It's hard to find that match. What kind of requirements do they need?、Um, so for her, she needed to have at least fifteen years of bridal、wow. and evening wear, and she needs to know how to sew on silk chiffon and silk duchess satins. I only worked with silks, and my fabrics came from Lyon, France. So、uh, she needs to know how to do the beaded work. Like there's a technique for hand sewing that part. And、um, like my fabrics would be a thousand dollars a yard. Like I don't want her to mess up on that. So she has to be the highest, and also she has to understand my patterns. Like she has to understand what I want. Like you need to shrink here, stretch here. You need to work with this piece, a curved piece, and make it smooth. And like so, she has to have this this artful hand and craftsmanship. It's hard to find. I cannot find anyone actually right now. Well, fifteen years experience—that's a long time. Yes, it is. I know exactly. Yeah. So when I、uh, met her, she was already forty. Do you know? Like she's, and then I started when I was in my thirties. You see, so.、Um, but she was a special find. Yeah. Yeah, and she,、um, 
I had another seamstress from Hong Kong and she would do the tailored jackets. So it's always nice to have someone that does the tailored jackets because the suits, because they're much more, you know, um, structured and things like that. And she would understand how to handle the fabrics. But then there's the evening wear that you, she needs. I need those hands that know how to curve it and shape it and shrink it and, and have the eye of seeing the perfection in it. If you don't have the eye for it and they're sloppy, it doesn't work. So what is your design philosophy? Um, well, my philosophy is about love, beauty. Um, I always love to put in something of a higher vibration, um, something that brings you to a point of, of just feeling beautiful and content. Um, that's my joy. I'm also inspired by nature. So usually it has to do with something to pay homage with nature. Um, I feel nature is my inspiration. Butterflies and flowers. I mean, it sounds so typical, but it's so beautiful. Birds. I mean, they're the best way of being inspired. Their colors, they were born with just such magical, ah, their composition. It's like they were born with that. And I think from there, we can learn from them and they, um, they're they all around us. So we just need to look at the treasures around us. So um, and very, it's very simple, simple, you know, my design philosophy. It's just more of my job is to make you feel beautiful and to bring out your spirit. And um, yeah, it's uh, that's my job. And that's my service. I heard that you also do Chinese Qigong. What do you do to balance your life? Mm, so important. I am Heavenly Essence Qigong uh, disciple. So I've been practicing this for over 20 years. Um, I met Li Ping Zhu. She's my master, but we also have a grandmaster from China. And um, it's, a, it's a lineage, it's a very important lineage that I honor. And I love Qigong because it's preservation of life. And what does that mean? Well, it's about going inside internally and healing yourself and understanding your body inside. We're always learning about outside, our external. We're going to school outside, we're doing business, we're doing everything external. We see everything and we kind of almost pay homage to that. But how about our health and our emotions and, and being able to take care of our organs and our, you know, just understanding how to take care of ourselves inside is so important. And so um, Qigong has taught me how to be peaceful, how to understand and access my, my spirit form um, and my dawn and to build up this nourishment and energy to bring light and the sun and the light is what I live for and that gives me energy. So it's a different way. I'm kind of like this solar person of my own. I don't need to have the food, the real food to feed me. It's actually the solar light that feeds me. And so it can get deeper and deeper because I've been doing this for quite a long time and I do Tai Chi as well. But it's all about, um, you know, it's 24 hours Qigong. It's about being in peace. It's about being humble and being um, grounded and also just um, being like water. You know how Bruce Lee would say, be like water. It's very Tao. It's very easy, simple, light, 
nothing too dramatic. It's just kind of neutral and peaceful. I understand you also offer fashion classes. Um, tell us more about it, and are any prerequisites required to take your classes? Hmm. So I do teach because I feel that you know all this experience that I've learned. I need to share it now um, because I'm getting older, and it's time for me to, you know, bring up young generations in, in couture that want to be a couturier. Not many people. I mean, there's a lot of designers that just want to work for companies, which is wonderful. I'm not saying that, but I there are those individual ones that want to be their own, and that was silent too. And I want to support them. That yes, you can be a designer. So I welcome.、Um, My students that are hardworking, that are disciplined, that are patient, and that will learn from me from the beginning to the end. Like I'm going to teach you the classics of sewing, the classics of cutting fabric, understanding fabric and draping fabric, and understanding the weave of the fabric, and also pressing the garment and sewing and pattern making. Right. So this will take a good three years. So there has to be this investment of. Wow, this is a different form of art, and it is a serious one, because you cannot pass anything unless you, unless you go through each exercise. If you can't go through the first exercise, you can't pass the other one. So if you keep on incrementing and passing each each exercise I give you, you will have such a wealth of knowledge that you'll be able to design anything and do everything and create everything. You can go to. To you know, Europe or China, anywhere, and your work will be、um, very much loved, as well as respected, because they will know the cut and the language of what I'm teaching them. So it's a very、uh, timeless thing. You can be designing for the rest of your life. So my students are now very young. I have one now that's going to come in, and she's 12, and I have another one that's 18, and then I have one that's 23. And another one that's 35. I had one that's in her 50s. So and 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 there's so many that people call me. I always wanted to design, and I go, well then come if you if you. This is what I'm going to share with you. Are you ready? This is a serious program, but I swear to God, you will not regret this because this you can create after I've taught you all this. So I really feel that the knowledge I give them. Um, we'll take them. We'll take them where they want to. That's all. That's my job is to make sure that they can, that they're solid and they can go on and create. How often do they meet? And do you give their homework? All the time. They're creating two or three skirts、um, every time. Yeah, and then they have to bring and sew them after I've taught them all that and pattern draft. So, like I say, like you'll study fifty skirts in three months. And you got to do all the exercises. Each each skirt has its own lesson that applies to the next next time you go to the next exercise. So if you don't learn the first exercise, you can't do the third one because that was we're still carrying it on. Do you see? I keep on building their knowledge as well as their hands. I'm teaching them to sew, and then creating something three dimensional, and it fits in one fit. Already the first lesson, you learn how to fit your skirt of your own. I will teach you the first lesson. And that you already can sew skirts, you know. Wow. Do they sew by hand, or actually they use the machine?、Um, there is 
Yes, so we use the machine, but we do hand sewing too. Um, if I was to do by hand, no, that would take forever. And we do the hand sewing inside and all that, but for the seams, it needs to be really like durable, right? Um, so it's only, but we only learned the straight stitch and the back stitch stuff it, because I'm only going to tell you that part, then everything else is stretching and hand sewing. So it's a combination, right? It's a combination. Um, and then it's like molding and shaping. It's not about flat design. It's about we're molding on the body. That's why it fits so beautifully. So even when you hang up my designs, it looks like a human body because it has this shape of the, of the person. I would love to see it. <laughs> I would love to share with you. Okay. Please tell us how people can find you. So I am in my, um, my, on Telegraph and I have a studio here and it's a birdhouse up there. So it's a little rooftop and that's where I actually teach. So it has a panoramic view of San Francisco. It's really beautiful. Um, and I teach in that little room, but of course I also teach in my studio here too. But, um, I have a place here and my students come one-on-one. -on -one. So usually you'll have two or three hour class with me once a week or every other week. And, but it will be consistent. Thank you so much for your time today. I learned so much about fashion, couture, design, Aww. and everything that everyone would love to do. Yes. Oh, Daphne, thank you. I hope, I was wondering because usually people ask me, what's couture? And it's so, really, it's really hard to explain. Does that make sense? It's because it's so dimensional and then you're dealing with the human body. So then it's kind of, um, it's like four or five dimensions in some ways too. So, but it, but I hope I explained it in an elementary way so that's not overwhelming in some ways, but thank you. Thank you for asking. It's really important to share um, I feel because people have this notation of couture, it's like beaded design gowns and it has not, it, it goes more into more depth than that. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge in your lifetime learnings on this interview. Oh, always Daphne. I'm so honored. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank, Thank you. you. You too. You have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.